Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for our beloved hospitality community. I am restaurateur Philip Camino. I am back in the studio with my great friend, colleague, partner in crime, and all-around awesome person, Naisha Arrington. What's up, guys and gals? I'm so happy to be here with my friend, Philip Camino, on this lovely Wednesday. Here we are, another one under the bridge, if you will, or or driving. I don't know what I was going with there. It's a Chili Peppers reference. Under well, you had Red Hot Chili Peppers playing in here when we came sure in. Sure did. So it's my favorite band. It's on. Is it really? Top three for sure. Wow. Who's the other? Who are the other ones? How did I know that was coming? I'm not prepared because... California girl that makes sense to love love the chilies. Yes. um, But (laughs) I mean, uh, there's so many different genres. Like, do I have a top all time three favorite bands? I think it'd have to be top three in like different genres of music. Yeah, that's fair. You like 2 chains? I'm a big 2 chains fan. Are you? Sure. Yeah. The birthday song? He's awesome. (laughs) He's awesome. He had that show, uh, really expensive stuff. Yes. Where he just went around and looked at yes. like, $200 hamburgers right. and like just expensive things that were kind of ridiculous, Character. but also fun. Yes. Like you just saw things you were like, oh, that exists. Very interesting. Right. Yeah. Two Chains is very cool. Um, why did I ask you about chains? Anything with chains in the title of Two it? Chain. Well, I was inspired by your chain. That you- no, <laughs> My run DMC. Yeah, exactly. totally. Big fat chain. I came, in, chain. I came in the first time with it today. I'm like, what is that? I've never seen that before. He's got chains. I call you six chains. <laughs> well, funny you say six chains because we're actually going to cover six chains today uh, or group company groups, restaurant groups that are being acquired. Yes. So, wow, what a great lead in. It's almost like we had talked about that beforehand and rehearsed it in some way. But no, that was a natural conversation nope. for right you Right off and the top I. of the dome. Look at that. Look at that. So, we're going to talk today about the big increase in the number of business deals that we're seeing out there and specifically restaurant chains that Two are being trains. bought. Well, actually, six. Six, six chains. <laughs> he always says that in the background of his music. He's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> Well, happy Wednesday today, guys. PC and I will be chatting about a recent trend that we've been noticing in the restaurant industry that's come up a few times on the show. Yeah, like I said, just a lot more deals. Restaurant chains being bought, funds going out and looking at restaurant groups to be purchased. There is just a lot of activity in the marketplace right now. And for that reason, we are going to talk about it. We're going to cover it. It impacts the business. It impacts people's livelihoods it impacts employees it impacts everyone that is in the restaurant ecosystem and it is something that we're going to chat through today typically the summer months are slow when it comes to deals as investors and restaurants even executives take off time for vacation this year however it seems that things are ramping up in summer is chocked full of new and very exciting deals so on this pod the happy mouth podcast the pod that we Best podcast ever. Yeah, that we breathe our, our soul into each single day. Uh, we've covered the most recent IPOs of Krispy Kreme and Sweet Green. That was on June 29th, if you want to go back and check out those deals. But we, yeah, we uncovered 
the IPO market getting a little bit more active late in June. Yes, we have. Besides those two IPOs, there were six deals announced in the seven days leading up to 4th of July. So let's get into those deals. Let's get into them. June 24th, Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken announced that they were being sold to Artemis Lane Partners, a private equity group out of New York. A gentleman by the name of Sam Kaplan runs that company, and he was heavily involved in this deal occurring. Lee's Famous has 130 units, and they've seen record sales in, get this, 40 out of the last 44 quarters. So they've had a huge sales run up in the last three or four years. So that's why, likely why they're seeing, you know, interest from private equity and also this deal going through. It's indicative of that type of performance. Yes. Even with the pandemic, their 2020 full year sales were over 12% more than their 2019 sales. That's wild. I know. And Lee is uh, profiting off of the recent public interest, which we've chatted about quite often um, in the subject of chicken over beef and how they will actually fare going forward with the growing chicken shortage. I'm interested to kind of see how this uh, nets out. But um, in a recent statement made by Chuck Cooper, a former CEO discussing the quick service model, the current quick service model requires more investment, enhanced data collection, and even more efficient processes to support franchises, operators, and the future of uh, company-owned locations. So it feels like everyone is sort of taken note from the pandemic on how to revamp industries and make them a little bit more didactic so that they are more equipped to handle what comes next. Yes, I agree with that, that I think the QSR space and any chain that is national in scope is becoming more capital intensive through technology, just the resources that are required to operate in this economy. Mm. Um, and also, of course, if you're going to be expanding a chain after you purchase it, you know, you purchase 130 units and you want to take it up to call it 250 or a thousand, you know, there's a lot of capital that's required in doing that. So, you know, you have to be um, insightful and you have to be thoughtful around, okay, well, do we have enough money to grow? Do we have enough money to recapitalize our business as is? And I think that's one of the decision-making criteria is when you look at a place like Lee's, they almost have to, coming out of the pandemic, you almost have to double down because mm-hmm. you see what McDonald's is doing, you see what Chipotle is doing. They're really adding a lot of resources and a lot of CapEx into the store environments. And it's becoming a bit more of an arms race. And if you're not able to compete, if you don't have the dollars to do that, you might consider yourself an acquisition target at that point because you just don't want to double down on your own firm. Interesting. So on June 25th, BBQ Holdings announced it is planning on buying the family dining change Village Inn and Baker Square for $13.5 million. Wow, Village Inn. I haven't heard that name in a while. Have you been to a Village Inn? I don't think I have. Yeah, I I went to one in Florida probably 20 years ago. Wow. And what was the experience there? It's an interesting place. It's like um, very family vibes. It's kind of like, you know, this is a loose comparison, but almost like a Marie Callender is like very like, okay. you know, home cooked food. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of know what you're getting when you go in there. Totally. It's comfortable. You take the family. Yeah. Comfortable, yeah. affordable. Exactly. Yeah. You can uh, wear shorts if you'd like. Totally. In that hot Florida. Maybe even jorts. <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. If it's in Florida, I'm sure that's happened <laughs> totally. once or twice. Uh, Barbecue Holdings is the parent of famous Dave's. So they're acquiring. Yes. Less than a year ago, both Village Inn and Baker Square filed for bankruptcy. 
And this is not the first time that BBQ Holdings has bought something out of bankruptcy. Last year, they acquired Granite City, and they are looking to revive the brands to continue their concepts. BBQ Holdings is targeted legacy brands with franchises that have growth potential, better economic conditions, plus the aid of BBQ Holdings having increased revenue gains will help revitalize Village Inn and Baker Square. BBQ Holdings revenue increased by 56.4% in Q1, right, of 2021 compared to Q1 of 2020. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they're growing. Totally. They are doing it. I mean, and that's what it is. It's, I think a lot of the acquisition happening, the activity happening is that you're seeing funds, you're seeing groups like Artemis look at the market and say, who's growing right now? Who was able to grow through the pandemic? If you were able to go through the pandemic, put up double digit, sales increases and really expand your business, that's attractive because it tells the purchaser that there's something there. Growth potential. Yeah. And it was a tough environment. So if you were able to do that during a tough environment, which is probably a little bit more indicative of where the market's going, a lot more delivery, you know, maybe less store visits, you know, just that type of model that we've talked about a lot on the pod makes you an attractive target. Totally. On the other side of the fence, Fat Brands, which owns Johnny Rockets and Fat Burger. Ah, Like both of those. I like Fat Burger. If I have to go if I have to go get a burger, it's Fat Burger. That's my dad's favorite place. I've always liked it. They're they have a great burger. They do. And you can go triple. They've got chicken, they've got vegan, they've got the impossible. I like that place. Yep. They recently announced a deal to acquire the global franchise group. This group is comprised of five concepts. So Roundtable Pizza, Great American Cookies, Hot Dog on a Stick, Marble, Slab, Creamery, and Pretzel Maker. Yum. All of those sound delicious. I know. Coming off of fast, I'm like, can I, can I get all of those now? Right? Let's go. I feel like I'm like walking through like a food court hearing all of these names. <laughs> like I will stop there for lunch and then I'll get that for a snack and that'll be the dessert. Yeah, you can start with the pizza. <laughs> exactly. Go right over. If, if you want a hot dog after the pizza, sure, you can have both of those. 100%. But then what are you doing for dessert? You're doing cookie or marble slab? Um, You know, I'm going to be super unconventional and say that I'd probably go with the pretzel maker because like <laughs> I love savory things. Oh, uh, for dessert. I love a soft pretzel. And yes. like who says that it has to be sweet? Dessert could be just like your bonus like treat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I love a soft pretzel. No one is going to look down on you for doing <laughs> that. What about mustard? You dip, dipping that puppy in mustard. Yeah. I'm a must, I'll like go back and forth between like yellow mustard and like a not like a cheese dip. Uh, ah, yeah. Well, yeah. If they have it for sure. For sure. Such a good option. For sure. So fat brands, which also plans to buy the group for 442.5 million in cash and stock is expected to close at the end of the month. Fat Brand will now have more than 2,000 franchise and company-owned restaurants. The annual system-wide sales will be approximately $1.4 billion. Yep. Yep. And a fun fact about the old Fat Brand, they uh, purchased Johnny Rockets. Uh, there's one at the Santa Monica Promenade, which I used to frequent quite often. There's a lot of them around. There are a lot yeah. around, absolutely. They purchased for $25 million in August of 2020. Yeah, they're they're making moves. Fat brands uh, well capitalized. They're looking to grow. Anytime you can spend four hundred forty two million dollars uh, on something, you are you're making some moves in the marketplace. Again, I think it's interesting that you're looking at a brand like Fat Brand who's coming out of the pandemic, and I think that's um, true of most of these deals. Is you're you're seeing brands like that who have money, who see these acquisition targets, and the acquisition targets perhaps are not motivated to stay in the market 
with the current operators for that long. Like if you started a brand 30 years ago, you just might be out of the game. You, do, you might just be ready to make a move and someone approaches you and says, look, we're going to cash you out. We're going to take the brand or perhaps you get to stay in, maybe stay on the board of directors, whatever that deal looks like. That can be pretty attractive. You know, you spent 20 or 30 years building a brand, you know, sometimes you get tired, especially coming off a year like we just had. I think there's a lot of fatigue out there in terms of operator stamina uh, to keep going. Another notable deal uh, that has been announced is the one that uh, came out June 30th, which is Panera Bread selling Obam Pan to a Yum's brand franchisee. Ampex Brands, family of companies, which is a 400-unit operator of Yum Concepts and 7-Eleven, will be acquiring Obam Pan. Yes, this deal was actually finalized Tuesday, uh, so very recent news, and the Wall Street Journal reports that this deal will include around $60 million in assets. Ampex's annual revenue will grow by an estimate of 10% and allow franchising rights to around 131 locations. This will be the first time that Ampex will be the franchiser and expand a company's footprint to an international level. So Abonpan has 171 locations and was brought by Panera Bread in 2017. Another big deal that happened on July 1st is Jack in the Box's largest franchisee agreed to purchase Taco Cabana for $85 million. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yadav uh, Enterprises will acquire a new brand and an additional 142 restaurants, including six franchise units. Our last deal was announced July 2nd when the parent of Logan's Roadhouse announced that it plans to buy Jay Alexander and its sister concepts for $220 million, all cash. The Alexander's board approved the deal, but it's not shareholders. Deal is expected to close in Q4, and Jay Alexander operates 47 restaurants in 16 states. <laughs> um, should we pay some bills here? Yeah, let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk. So why is this all happening now? Why is it happening now? You You may be asking yourself. So if we zoom out a little bit, there are, as we covered, a lot of big moves going out in the industry. So, Naisha, my question to you is... Yes, sir. We've covered a couple of the reasons, maybe a little bit of operator fatigue. Um, you also saw some brands doing a nice job during the pandemic, increasing sales, which makes them an attractive target. But why else would this be happening? And why now? Some of these deals were probably in the works before COVID. True. Or even during and now we're seeing an influx of deals that were maybe even backed up as like things slow down and everything's ramping up again. Deals are happening a lot more rapidly. Definitely. There was certainly things that were put on hold. I'm sure a lot of these conversations started two years ago um, in 2018, 2019. Right. Uh, the pandemic hit. It obviously threw off all deal making. And you're just starting to see people get 
recapitalized, businesses are reopening. There's actually a true indication of how some of these companies are performing, which again, if they're doing well and they did that during a pandemic, makes them an attractive acquisition target. So perhaps some of these conversations that had started pre-pandemic, the purchasers use the pandemic as a sort of proving ground to see how the brands would do during that time. And if you did okay coming out of it, or you increase sales double digits, I mean, let's do the deal, right? I think there was also probably some deals that were being contemplated. And maybe some of the brands didn't do so well during the pandemic, or their operators didn't know how to really kind of fend the brand off from the storm. And maybe it makes you less attractive, and it probably costs some people some money. Another reason, a major reason, is that interest rates are incredibly low right now. So debt's cheap. And if you're planning on acquiring a new brand using debt or any kind of debt instrument, now would be the time. They're Mm. at historic lows. While some of these deals are smaller and others are larger, there still are SPACs or, or small purpose acquisition companies that are wanting to make deals. Overall, there's a very dynamic scene happening. Yeah, the SPAC angle is interesting. There's definitely a lot of activity happening in the uh, SPAC space over the last year. These companies are also known as blank check companies, and Hmm. they are created with the sole intent purpose of merging with a acquisition brand and taking that brand public. So you'll see it on some of the bigger deals. Certainly, there's been 10 or 15 notable deals in the last 12 months and even a bunch of smaller ones. Um, it's kind of the trendy way to go public right now. A lot of the deals we're talking about today are public deals. They're, you know, the private purchases, but SPACs are happening. They're still on vogue. They're happening a lot. And so I think we're still going to see a lot of these blank check companies doing deals. Let's go. Let's go. Do you think this is a bad sign for the industry or do you think this is a good sign for the industry? You know, Philip, I think that uh, what we're seeing here is a natural progression I don't think that things are ever really meant to stay stagnant necessarily in any field. Really, it's important to evolve and 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 completely honest, stay malleable. You know, I think it's yep. important. Is it good or bad? I think change is inevitable. I think it's one of it's one of the constants we do can always count on is that there will always be some sort of uh, form of progression, right? So we are seeing it, you know, and and living it in tandem. I think a lot of the integration of tech, as we've mentioned, the eating habits of people changing yes. is heavily um, sort of coursing and charting that that um, North Star of our industry. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The other interesting thing I uncovered in my research was that most of these acquisitions, sometimes when you acquire something or, or a fund acquires something, their idea is just to use it for a certain asset or use it for the real estate and change the concept or go in there and you know, take management out and kind of redo the brand. What I'm seeing and my research is is showing me as I look into these deals a bit more is that they're actually not that way. They're actually being acquired to actually operate as the original brand and just to extend that brand, capitalize it a little bit better so that I can really kind of compete with the modern environment that's sure. out there, particularly on the QSR side. Right. And the idea is not to change the brand very much. And these historic brands, these brands that have been around for 30, 40, 50 years that have one to 200 locations and they're profitable, I mean, why wouldn't you acquire that if you were a younger company? And I think you kind of combine like the younger funds and some people who are trying to get into the game with that, you know, 30, 40, 50 year old brand who's probably been operated by the same group of people for quite a while. Those people are ready to make a move. So I think there's a lot of 
like I said, pandemic fatigue. And also you just, you just came out of a, probably the toughest year you're ever going to have. And I think a lot of people looked at it and said, do I want to keep doing this? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think it's important to retain those brands, those 30, 40 year old, like legacy restaurants. Yes. Because ultimately they are a part of um, the fabric of our culture. You know, they've been able to create food data for, you know, the parents. And then if I can take my kid to Johnny Rockets and they yep. can sit at the counter and order a black and white shake and retain that that food data as a memory and, and share that, why not keep that going and, and, and maybe not just create a new brand just to just to create a new brand? Yeah, you hit on it earlier. You said your dad's favorite brand was Fatburger, and I'm sure it was his favorite brand for quite a while. Most and likely. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, Fat Brands isn't doing anything with that brand, they're going to keep it as is, and they're not going to trying to change the architecture or any part of that brand in any significant way other than capitalizing it and preparing it for a new era of restaurants. I think that's great. And I think you're right. Keeping some of these like cultural icons, like to me, when I think about the burger scene in Southern California, which is very, very strong and it always has been very strong. Very robust. I mean, McDonald's was created here. I mean, look at, look at all the brands that have come out of this, this area. And Fat Burger to me is one of those one of those brands that fits right into that. It's Absolutely. Like I think about particularly LA, but Southern California in general, Fat Burger is like one of the stalwarts. It should always be there. I hope it always is there. In my opinion, it's right next to In and Out in yeah. terms of importance. I could not agree with you more. Oh my gosh, the burger stuff. We can do a whole episode on burgers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here we go. I'm a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, why don't we solve it? And yeah, we'll let's talk do it. we'll do a whole episode on burgers. I will eat a fat burger on air. Okay. Yes. Let's get a couple different ones. Like yeah. an in and out Shake Shack. Yeah. I am so in. I love a good <laughs> you, burger. That might be your fast talking. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, just give me anything. Yes, I'm so exactly. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Chef. That was awesome. Of course. Likewise, PC. And that's all for our bite-sized new segment today. You can find us at restaurants.yelp.com backslash happy mouth, as well as the happy mouth podcast.com or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so very much for dining with us today and we hope to see you next time. Have a nice day. 